This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you? If people send you the same generic conversation starters, they message everyone else. Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hi, this is the audio version of the Cultaholic Classic Nitro Review. You can watch the video version and take part in a future episode by going to patreon.com forward slash cultaholic. It's showtime, folks! This is where the big boys play, huh? Woo! And look at Goldberg! He's ready! Oh, It's going to be the biggest battleground in the history of our sport. Boop! He did! Been clapping! <laughs> Fine! We don't do retakes. We're too cool. Oh, we're leaving it in. Well, of course we're leaving it in. The, the rule is, of the of the classic reviews, is you get as much of the experience as humanly possible. Yeah. Uh, to the point where, uh, by the way, welcome to Classic Review. Where did you put the bottle up? Because I'm going to crack open my bottle of beer because it's Christmas. It is. And we can do that. At 10 a.m. It's sh- It's whatever. It's, it's, it's whatever five o'clock like, somewhere. somewhere. <laughs> as they, as, as known alcoholic. So I was like, all of L.A. was just pretty much me going, I'm just going to go to 7-Eleven and buy some Mexican beer. <laughs> I, you know, like you could just get Pacifico like cheap as fuck. <laughs> you could get like Dos Equis, which I've still not been able to find over here anywhere. Um, and then the uh, like the Mexican Estrella, just ah. oh, nice. <sighs> Welcome to the Cold Holic Classic Nitro review, the last one of the year. We finally made it. It's 2022, the dying embers of. And for the last time, we're going to sit down and talk about 1996. Who be we? I be Fake Geordie, radio presenter with that portfolio, Tom Campbell, and I am with resident WCW kid Sam Driver. All right. We're having a beer because it's Christmas. Yeah, it's, it's Christmas. what you do at Christmas. You get drunk. It's gin. It's what you do. Make an arse of yourself. Talk about wrestling. <laughs> it's what we At least all that's do. what happens in my house. <laughs> we don't talk about the wrestling so much no. in my house. I've been told for this year, my dad rang me and said, can you bring some signed photos of yourself? Because I had three phone calls from people who go to the Red Bull Club saying, we saw Tom on the one show. Nice. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that was nice. I thought they just put my hand in, but I got my whole body in there. Nice. And even my, my words were on I'm there. I'm going to have to check it out because I was, I was just sat working from home yesterday, oh, just bless, like yeah. chipping away. And then I was like, oh God, it's 10 o'clock. I missed everything. <laughs> so. <laughs> the, 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 the spirits did it all in one night. How are you, Sam Driver? I'm good. Uh, I'm good. Just a lot of stuff to, to crack on with. So I'm going to mm. uh, get all that done. And hopefully by the end of this week, I won't need to come in. But if I've got it, I've got to. You know, mm. just got to get stuff done. Um, and then, yeah. There's two. Crim, crim, th- crim, 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 happy Chrysler. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Happy Christmas. Happy Christmas. <laughs> um, we are. We are. We're so- all children of God. <laughs> Railing coke, come by, my lord. 
guy. It's going to be, this is, I have a feeling in my waters this is going to be fun. Uh, a few bits of administration to do before we get started uh, in the form of your letters, which certainly isn't administration. It's fun ministration to read your letters. We'll do some of that yep, in a fun minute. Administration. <laughs> and following on from Sam Driver's Twitch stream from Tother Night at twitch.tv forward slash If you're watching on the Patreon, we've got WCW Nitro Wrestling Cards Ooh. to open. Official WCW trading cards. Ooh. Thank you to Steven Scudez for sending these to us. <sighs> you did a bit of an unboxing stream. I did, yeah. For anybody just listening, listen to this. Like, I know you can't oh, see the packet, so you can hear the packet. Listen. Oh, good bit of ASMR. Then. Oh, that is a nice thick packet. Ooh. <laughs> oh, you're just going to have to look at the Patreon. Just join so you can see how thick this packet really is. Dummy thick. Ooh. They clap my ass sheets to keep alerting the guards. <laughs> <What are you laughs> doing? <laughs> Let's. December. I'm completely delirious. It's a wonderful time of the year. We're going to open cards as we go through. Let's open up a pack each now. Yeah. Then we'll do some letters. Then we'll open another pack. Fair warning. um, The Southern Boys cards can get a little bit strange. Oh, okay. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's exciting. Yeah, these are WCW World Championship Wrestling trading cards. Thank you to Steven Scudders for sending them in. They're from 1991. Uh, 1991. Uh, and they are printed by, who is it again? Who is it again? Who is it again? Distributed by Impel Marketing Impel, Research. That's it. Oh, so re- they're from Research Triangle Park. So I believe the rarest card in this set is a shiny sting. I think it's the <laughs> only shiny one that there is. But the thing is, I don't know if this is sort of by the point that baseball cards have become ri- a bit ridiculous in the States. Mm. Because... It gets to a point where they they slowly realize like how hold, hold on nobody knows how many cards are actually in circulation, they just know that the rare one says rare on it, so it's like oh, it might be rare, bastards. but there might just be loads of them out there. So it, it's sort of bastards. I've had a lot of um, a lot of uh, duplicates as I've been open them, right. opening opening them. Okay. So kicking things off, we've got uh, Sam's opened his packet first. So Sam's going to read off his cheeky packets. bit of Ron Simmons from Doom. Oh, do, but it just says Doom. It doesn't say well, Ron it's got, Simmons. It's got stats on the pair of them ah, on the back. That's fine. Uh, Ron Simmons height six foot one and a half, weight two hundred eighty-five pounds. Butch Reed height six foot three, weight two hundred eighty pounds. Where do you turn if you have to face Ron Simmons and Butch Reed in the ring? Well, your first step is bound to be an ambulance, followed by a long, <laughs> lengthy stay in a quiet hospital. One thing's for certain you don't want to square off against these two without medical insurance oh who would win in a fight doom or the apa oh Oh. i think doom because they've got the youth you i was gonna say the youth i mean not the not that the apa were granddads but you know they've got that that additional little slice of youth Mm. by just a few years they they have they (laughs) they have uh but they also lose the the, the lariato of JBL. Yeah. Next up, we've got Tommy Rich. Oh. Height six foot. Um, <laughs> Stunning mullet. You're going to have to get some close-ups of these, I guess, to put into the video. We'll figure that uh, out. This yeah. one-time world heavyweight champion is also known as Wildfire Tommy Rich. When you watch him in the ring, it's easy to see why. He leaves nothing but a patch of scorched canvas where his opponent <laughs> once stood. He shit himself in the ring. <laughs> when it comes to hardcore <laughs> wrestling, Tommy truly is too hot to handle. 
You want to open yours? Yeah, I'll <laughs> open a couple of mine. I'll get, I'll get, I'll get open Let's mine. see if we've got any other interesting ones. I've got Dutch Mantel. Uh, I've got oh, I've got Michael, Doom as well. I've got a Michael P.S. Hayes. I've got a Lex Luger. I've got a Jim Ross. Oh, what's Jim Ross stats? <laughs> Sexy does 10. Jim <laughs> Ross. Uh, home, the state of Oklahoma. Sorry, I'll read it out in full. Jim Ross, TM. Home, the state of Oklahoma. Favorite hold, the microphone. <laughs> oh, because he holds the microphone. Uh, Ross brings a steady stream of banter to the arena as one of wrestling's most prolific commentators. He's a native of Oklahoma, and as the license plate says, he's okay. <laughs> if it wasn't for That's his... a bit of an insult. He's okay. If it wasn't for his contribution to the sport, wrestling would definitely be at a loss for words. It's right. I mean, 1991, this is essentially... It's not a Jim Ross rookie card, but it, it may as well oh, be. It's a very happy Jim Ross on there. <laughs> I got the Steiner brothers. I got one of Rick Steiner, the yes. the the father of Bron Breaker, uh, Detroit, Michigan. Uh, Rick Steiner, favorite actor Jack Nicholson. Nice. Uh, Scott Steiner, favorite actor Marlon Brando. Of course. Oh, <laughs> a distinguished. He's from a highly educated university, Tom. He is ironically. He's gonna have a very good taste in film. I didn't. I didn't put it in my <laughs> um in my li- in my notes, but in this particular week, uh, Marlon Brando gets whatever the 1996 version of Cancelled was after an interview where he made some very anti-Semitic comments. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's good it's job, quite Scott. A fall from grace. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no one will forget the day the Steiners took the US tag team titles from its previous holders in front of 10,000 screaming fans. Well, who, who were their previous holders? Pro wrestling has never who seen cares, a... Who cares, right? <laughs> is this true? Who, Steiners are champs now. Both were collegiate wrestling champions. So that's lovely to know. Well, okay. I've got his brother there, Scott. Oh. Uh, his favorite hold is the Frankensteiner, even though it's not a hold. It's not technically a hold. <laughs> oh, no. uh, I, thought, I remember the warning that you gave me. Yes. Oh, you got some Southern boys. We got we got Southern boy Tracy Smothers. Well, I'll let you read this okay. one out because I spent a whole three hours reading them out. Right, Steve Armstrong, height six foot two, weight two thirty five. Tracy Smothers, height six two, weight two thirty five. Before entering the ring, Tracy Smothers engages in a typically Southern ritual known to fans in wrestlers alike as giving a high five. Why is this a shock? When these two darlings of Dixie, together known as the Southern Boys, enter the canvas square, you're bound to hear the audience give the rebel yell. That's actually a pretty tame one as far as the Southern Boys cards go. Oh, is it? Well, yeah. I've got another Southern Boy. <laughs> we haven't planned this. I've got another I've got another Tracy Smothers card. We haven't card. planned this as we open these packets and you get about 50 of the same Southern Boys cards again, yeah. Okay, Tracy Smothers. <laughs> the stars and bars still fly in the proud oh. tradition of the South. Oh. They are the colors of the Southern Boys, Tracy Smothers and Steve Armstrong. Tracy is active in both the ring and the community, frequently making the rounds to children's hospitals. Way to go, Tracy. They were over, you know, they they <laughs> It's it's a different time, I guess. You know, stars and bars and stuff. A few of them say things like, the South will rise again. <laughs> oh, no. I have a Missy Hyatt card. Oh. Does it have one of her favorite hobbies on it? Yes. Thoroughbred horses. Yes. Ah. She has another hobby as well so far that I've discovered on the card. Is it sex? No, okay. it's not. Missy Hyatt's nickname, <laughs> the glamour queen of wrestling, fits her as snugly as one of her sweaters. <sighs> Yeah, again, product of their time, 1991. <laughs> it's no wonder she continues to win recognition with honours such as being voted Wrestling's Sexiest Superstar in 1990 by Pro Wrestling Illustrated's readers. I think she just beat Jim Ross that year. 
Just. Just narrowly. Just be. Oh, we've got Arn Anderson. Yeah. We've got a bit of double A. Arn, even his name is a snarl. <laughs> <laughs> Together with Barry Windham, Rick Flair, and Sid Vicious, trademarks all round. He is one of the four horsemen, four of the meanest, toughest, dirtiest sons of guns you'd never want to meet. Cross Anderson, and you'd better have good insurance. Why are they obsessed with insurance? Well, it, it make I mean, it's it's just instilling on the youth of America that insurance is important, but at the same time, sons of guns, Arn, Glock, it all makes sense now. <laughs> Arn's uh, dad was a Glock. Got a bit of leg luger there as well. Bit uh, of leg. F- uh, oh, he, anyone doubts this guy's incredible strength has never seen him lift all 316 pounds of Sid Vicious and toss him around the ring or Yokozuna but you don't want to mention that one do you we don't mention we don't talk (laughs) we don't talk about Yoko no 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 is that another oh it's the same one as before oh here's Sid Vicious in question I'll read Sid then we'll crack on with the letters Um, Sid Vicious uh, Memphis Tennessee greatest achievement what is Sid Vicious's greatest achievement um bringing hope and joy to the boys and girls across America Good, but it's not the right answer. Joining the four horsemen. (laughs) Every time Sid gets near a scorpion like Sting. Just WWF champion. Yeah. (laughs) We don't talk about that. I mean, joining the horsemen is an honor, right? It Mm. is, like, straight up. But I just love that that's just on his card, like he's some big fanboy. Just thinking about Sid sitting there with his little pennant and his T-shirt every match. (laughs) Just, yeah! Now, the picture has him lifting up Sting. So the comment on the back says, every time Sting gets near a scorpion, like Sting, he gets a little crazy. Every time the Stinger gets near Sid, he gets a little nervous. That's because Sid likes to smash him with his favourite hold, the power bomb. It's a great way to get rid of insects. Well, I don't think a scorpion's an insect. It is, isn't it? I don't know. Is it class or something? Else? I don't know. Yeah, no. It crawls on the floor and it's dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> like all insects. <laughs> well, we will open more cards in a bit. I've got another Sting there. Um, I've got another. I've got two Ric Flairs. And I got more Southern boys. Nice. So did well there. More cards in a bit. Uh, some emails, some of your emails. Thank you for reaching out. Uh, Darian writes, Hey, Tom and Sam, this is the plant worker from Texas. Remember ah. her? Remember him? Yes. Remember them? Uh, now a Target employee. Ooh. Yay. I still listen just as much, though, and actually have time to do things now with the new job. Anyways, I'm between the Bovril talk and sometimes wrestling. Sam mentioned that sometimes during the wrestling, Sam mentioned that Whataburger was shit. But- no, no, no. Whataburger's amazing. Oh. I, I said that some people have told me Whataburger's shit, but I will ah. not listen to them. Whataburger rules. Ah, shit, but like good shit. I was offended by oh. that because Sam hasn't ate Whataburger at the right time. The best time to do it is 12 a.m. after a long road trip, not at dinner time. So I had been um, in an arena, sorry, the AT&T Stadium for eight and a half hours. Um, I had had about three beers on an empty stomach, and I was starting to feel violently hungry. Oh. And that was the point where Carlos and Eunice, who were very kind and drove us back to our hotel that night, um, they pulled into some random little like suburb. And there at the end of the street was this Whataburger. And I think I just demolished this poor burger. I, I just, I absolutely made that burger my bitch. But uh, yeah, Whataburger ruled. Like that was like the best sort of, it, it plugged such a hole because it was just so dense. It was just like, this is absolute filth of like the highest order. 
Amazing. Uh, next time you're in Texas, try there and see if your opinion changes. And your opinion's very high, so that's fine. Yeah. The question, my first experience of WCW was on some DVD. It was either Hogan seeing the war missile, a.k.a. the warrior, in the mirror or the monster truck match. Not really the best way to introduce me to WCW, but I enjoyed it as a 10-year-old. So what was your first wrestling thing or match you all saw on DVD, not floppy disc or VHS or DVD? That's a lovely long sentence, Darian. Thank you very much. What was the first one we saw on DVD? I think the first, first match. I think I think he's asking what the first match was that we saw uh, on DVD. On DVD, I couldn't tell you at all. But on VHS, we used to do the the old family um, tape swap. So you know, somebody would be getting box office on Sky. And then they'd tape it for everybody else and then copies would be made. And then it would alternate who's getting the pay-per-view uh, because screw an entire family in the 90s paying pay-per-view prices. Uh, <laughs> but from there, I think like my very first memory of wrestling was it was like at my Auntie Hazel's house. My cousin had it on. And um, it was like, I just remember the blue ring, the red, white, and blue ropes and the colors of Doink. I remember Doink like vividly. And that's, that's all I remember from my first match that I could recall. So I, so my first DVD experience, mm. I remember this. So in Worcester, where I'm originally from. Worcester, Massachusetts, yes. Of course. Explains the accent. It does explain yeah. the accent. <laughs> and how I can pronounce Worcestershire. Fine. Worcestershire, actually. For all the shit I get when I mispronounce an American you, town. You know, you're mispronouncing it right now. You're from there. It's Worcestershire. <laughs> oh, you fuck off. Worcestershire, <laughs> Massachusetts, Tom. It's Worcestershire. Worcestershire. Put Worcestershire in front of an American. And Worcestershire sauce, which is where the place got its name, because that's where it's from, Worcestershire. And we're very saucy. And then the UK, because they can't speak properly, obviously, <laughs> they, they misread it as Worcester for some reason, uh, or Worcestershire. Uh, which just isn't right because it's Worcestershire. Miss Reddit, who is also Reddit's wife. Yeah. There was in Worcestershire, Massachusetts, there was uh, a little independent game shop. Yeah. And in there, they often sell DVDs. And it was in there that I bought my first ever wrestling DVD, which was SummerSlam 2000. Ooh. Blew my 16 year old mind. Yeah. That now I didn't have to fast forward to the match I wanted. You could just skip match selection screen. <laughs> <laughs> and it was at the and, and like they had like extras where it was like interviews. It's like, what is this madness? You'd always overshoot with the VHS. Mm. I remember that, like having all the tapes and you just sort of fast forward, fast forward, fast forward on shit little bedroom combi, like 13-inch screen with the VHS player in it. And then you get halfway through like Steve Austin's entrance and be like, oh no, no. I guess it's like the modern equivalent of fast forwarding too far on Sky Plus. Yeah, that's yeah. it. And you, so you're constantly <laughs> trying to find it. Uh, but and, and I'm glad that WWE have brought that joy back by removing chapters from the WWE network. Thanks, you bastards. Well, you know, nightmare. you you should appreciate the art for its full form. No, oh, you wouldn't go into a cinema and sit there and be like, "Wow, this scene's fucking shit." Skip. <laughs> You wouldn't go into a cinema and skip. You wouldn't steal a dog. <laughs> you wouldn't pirate a pumpkin. It's like you wouldn't pirate a movie and it's like the copy of this film that you are playing from uh, begs to differ, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Under any of those crimes, but I would pirate a movie. <laughs> but it was always like, you wouldn't commit like arson. <laughs> you wouldn't punch out a, a granny and nick her oven and a um, building society book. Uh, and you also definitely wouldn't, um, you know, just just you know, poison a load of people. 
This is exactly how the advert played out. And piracy is that serious. Yeah. Yeah. I, I watched those adverts going, no. If not more serious. No, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. I'd never do that. Oh, yeah, I'd do that one. <laughs> Limitations. Bonjour, Sam and Tom. What would the following WCW wrestlers ask for fa- ask Father Christmas for? The American males. Um, a push. The Booty Man. His best friend Hulk Hogan embracing him warmly as he becomes tag team champions with him for life. Hulk Hogan. Um, money. <laughs> Not his friend, the Booty Man. Just money. Come on, Hogan doesn't have any fucking friends. Kev Hogan has orbiters. <laughs> Hogan lives in a permanent, like, entourage. That is it. <laughs> in like, the middle I, of one. Hulk Hogan's only friend is maybe Vince McMahon and himself. That is it. <laughs> like, genuine friends, I'd imagine. Kevin Sullivan. Um, the end of Hulkamania. Nice. <laughs> Giant haystacks slash Loch Ness. Bovril! <laughs> <laughs> Happy Bovril giving day to you all, Naz. <laughs> uh, one final Bovril-related question. Uh, this comes uh, from Louis in Grand Rapids. Is that Missouri? Michigan. Michigan. <clears throat> Hi, lads. Thanks for all the Bovril-filled laughter this year. As an American, when can you advise me is the best time to enjoy a cup of Bovril? And more to the point, why? <laughs> Look, it's, it's, it's beef tea. I don't know. I, I know that Americans don't understand the concept of tea. You put your water in a microwave to boil it like monsters, like actual savages. How could you? Have you seen that? Like, Americans just, if they don't have a kettle, they just boil it in the microwave. Mm. I, no! And then they put milk in the stuff. Mm. I saw a TikTok of an American making a cup of tea, and I think they were doing it just to get under our British is, skin. James May explains it perfectly. Technically, milk does go first, but you have to brew the tea first. So you put the milk in the glass first, but the tea's brewed in the teapot, and you let it steep there before mixing them because then it doesn't allow the milk to scold or something. It, it's yeah. something to do with that. But basically... Because we, we skip out the steep. When you process. watch that TikTok of that woman going like, tea sucks fucking ass, it's so <laughs> shit. And she's like pouring in a fucking metric liter of milk. And then she kind of just throws the tea bag in and a splish of hot boiled water out of the microwave and goes, that sucks. That English people fucking <laughs> suck. And it's like, no, you, you, uh, you are oh, just, just thank, thank your lucky stars. You didn't do that in the United Kingdom. The Tower of London would be reinstituted and you would be on a fucking spike for the world to see. <laughs> Merry Christmas. But more to the point, Bovril, beef tea. Just to loop back round okay, so after that aside. When should, when should Louis from Grand Rapids drink Bovril? Anytime, any place. Okay, that's fair. Any That's day, fair. any reason, sad Bovril, happy Bovril. Uh, just won the lottery, buy Bovril. Oh. Argentina, give it to me and Tom. <laughs> Run out of money, <laughs> steal Bovril. But yeah, please buy a kettle if you don't have you one. You wouldn't steal a Bovril. You wouldn't boil water in a microwave. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't pirate a Bovril. <laughs> pirate in a Bovril. Um, okay, I hope that answers your question, Louis. Thank you. <laughs> Cheers, mate. Very, Sorry if very, I was nasty. Very, no, no, you're right to be. <laughs> some some people email deserve it. And they know it. And they know right. it. They, I, I, I get very angry when we get long emails on the Smackdown review. So therefore now all the emails I'm just are like war and fucking sock puppets, you know. Yeah, fucking. <laughs> get to the point. <laughs> Like Louis. <laughs> Louis is like two sentences. Tom Hi, Tom. Marks. And then just start talking about War Games 97 or something when we get there. 
Um, and just keep it going, keep it going, keep it going. So anyway, my question is, where did you get that delightful jumper from you were wearing on last week's episode? Got it from fuck just, off, Missouri. Just have you read the entire thing to get to that. Don't, don't, do not cross me in such a way. What would, um, I, I feel for Louis from Grand Rapids because he seems keen, to, you seem keen to try a Bovril, Louis. But I would imagine the, the import rate for Bovril, like, because uh, uh, currently I bought a jar the other day. Yeah. A shoot bought a bottle of jar. A bottle of jar. I bought a bottle of jar. There Fresh we are, paint the coat. For Miscrus. <laughs> uh, I bought one for us to, to have a little cup of during yeah. the last watch along. It was like £5.30. Well, it is extract. So I think you you maybe be able to find it in like a, a British food section, like most uh, grocery stores like in the US and most of our supermarkets and stuff have an international section now um, where there'll be like a, a bit of American stuff, there'll be some Canadian stuff, there'll be some like Far Eastern stuff and Eastern European stuff. But uh, I imagine if you're going to find it anywhere, it'll be there. But if, it's, but if it's a fiver over here, it's got to be like... Yeah, but... But, Fifteen dollars in America, but like Lucky Charms are like three dollars in the states, but nine quid here. Yeah, I've seen people pay as high as twelve quid for a box of like, um, was it uh, Sugar Smacks? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. The smack, smack, sugar, <laughs> smack, yeah, yeah, smack, get the smack you back. Have smack for breakfast. <laughs> Everything is really good. I really wish we had smack as a cereal. That would just be the fact you could go into because it's like when you go to um, to uh, Asda in Biker or like just the border of Biker and Heaton. Uh, their confectionery aisle is locally named as Ket. Ket's. Oh. Yeah, because Ket is sweet. So, they, so that is, you can oh, get yeah. to a Ket aisle. In, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's I also, would... it's also Ketterman, but. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, in, in Biker, it is easier than you think to get Ket. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, very, <laughs> very, very. He's got easy. another right people. Yeah, right. None Cla- of them have horses. <laughs> <laughs> Classic at cartaholic.com. Uh, we'll do some more emails next year. Thank you very much for being a part of the show. Yeah, bastards. Uh, let's take a look at the real world. April the first, nineteen ninety-six. Number one in the movie. No, no change in the in the cinema and the charts. Toy Story number one in the UK still. The Birdcage number one in America still. Celine Dion. Still number one in the US with, with Good You Love Me. And number one is The Prodigy's Firestarter. You had a perfect chance to fuck all that round there and go, April Fool's. Because uh, no, because I think anyone that does <laughs> April Fool's gags on this episode of Nitro, just pointless. Let's hope no one does any. I mean, well, technically it's taking place uh, after midday. This is my... We'll get to that's that. that's the rule. Put a pin in that. Put a pin in that. Uh, Last night, World Wrestling Federation presented WrestleMania 12, which saw the in-ring return of the Ultimate Warrior, quashing any potential rumors of a WCW debut. Didn't think there were any. Shawn Michaels becoming the flag bearer for the WWF as world champion, and the on-screen WWF debut of Johnny B. Bad. Now under the name Mark Mero, or as Todd Pettingill calls him by accident, Mark Morrow. All I heard there, because it's not relevant to the best wrestling company in the world, was... (laughs) Johnny be bad. (laughs) Johnny be bad. I want to... This is something that, until I started doing this podcast with you, I never picked up on, and I'm going to bring it up here. Okay. Johnny be bad has left WCW. We we know one of the reasons why. The main reason why. Yeah, they were a real dick to him. (laughs) They were a real dick to him. But also, he he was asked to do a romance angle or like with Kimberly Page. Yeah, and he wasn't comfortable, but they kind of insisted, Mm. right? He was uncomfortable because he said, I don't want my daughter to be confused by me walking out to the ring with someone that isn't her mum. Yeah. WrestleMania 12 is the TV debut of Rina Mero, 
who walks out on the arm of Hunter Hearst Helmsley. <laughs> well, <laughs> eat apparently, shit, Mero. apparently, when Sable turned up to that, um, hey, do you want to come and work for us, Mark Mero meeting with Vince? Vince just kind of went, yeah, 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 Mark, and immediately was like, we need to hire Sable. Yeah, <laughs> and Sable became very quickly the 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 main benefit of that deal. Oh, yeah. um, Sable would then go out and start shilling WWF merchandise um like uh, you know various points on the show and they'd make a big song and dance about it and then slowly but surely it'd get to the point where sable was wrestling uh and then sable hits mark marrow with the sable bomb stone cold refuses to work with mark marrow because of that and then uh here comes brock lesnar <laughs> yeah <laughs> and the rest is l'histoire <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so this is the debut of Rina Mero, followed by the debut of Mark Mero. Of course, I am being pedantic. They will end up being a, a, t- a team. Sorry, what I meant to say there was, all I heard there, Tom, was... <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's more yeah. like it. That's more like it. Um, the Road Warriors in the news this week. Uh, so Razor Ramon and Diesel are on their way out from the World Wrestling Federation. Shh. Shh. Fucking spoilers, Tom. <laughs> I haven't said where they're going. We've got the best thing in the world about to happen next year. <laughs> and you're, you're sitting here giving it all away. I haven't said what they're doing yet. It's, you're pretty much telegramming they're it. They're going to go to the seaside. Are they go into the, the Genting Casino yes. and they're going to have a nice time. They're going to have a nice bit of gambling. They're going to go to the beach. Yeah. Play some roulette, win some money. That's all they're going to do. Learn the rules of Mayong. That's all they're going to do. Yeah. Fucking good. I just learned it's pronounced Mayong, not Mahjong. <laughs> I think so it's Mayong. It's a learn every day is a school day. <laughs> Um, so there has been rumour circulating that away from going to the beach and having a lovely time on the, on the slot machines, they may be coming to World Championship yeah. Wrestling. The Road Warriors have caught wind of this. And the Road Warriors, more importantly, have caught wind of how much they're allegedly getting paid. Yeah. The Road Warriors responded by, to this in the most mature way possible, two days before Nitro, by handing in their notice. I mean, or you could have just looked at who owns the company and the fact it says a Turner Network production and go, it's Ted Turner, the man's a billionaire. We're the road warriors. You need us so we can just go back to Japan and make bank anyway. Give us like this much money. It's basically what happened. Although I, the road warriors at this point can't really command the, the level of money they maybe once could. It's, it's not really a rough patch, but it, it's, it's hardly been a great little stretch for them here in WCW so far. I mean, they clearly do because on the day of this episode of Nitro... They uh, sort everything out and stay with the company. Yeah. So whether or not they've just gone, do you want a big bag of money? Is that what it is? <laughs> it's like this. Like they go, yes. I can't believe they're giving them all that money. And Ted's just like, well, have some more then. Thanks. <laughs> oh, was that easy? Yeah. Fucking <laughs> get in the ring, you <laughs> Go wrestle. <laughs> if you were to ring the Gene Oakland hotline on this day, you would hear me and Gene. Eating uh, a sandwich. Oh, if only. Mouthful. Just. <laughs> oh, this is a really great sandwich I'm having here. <laughs> oh, big <laughs> Sandwich enjoyment noises. <laughs> Is that a genuine like deep moment? Like I know you've done so much in your time as a as a wrestling entrepreneur. Is that a deep moment of joy? The fact that on the on an episode of Dynamite, front and center was a sign that said pudding enjoyment. It's noises. insane, Tom. I used to be the guy behind the scenes, and like if you put me in front of a camera, I'd just be like, get me away from it. Like I I didn't really want to do in front of camera stuff. So it's been weird because like obviously did graded and stuff, but kind of sat like this throughout the entire thing with graded going. So anyway, on SmackDown, these things happened. 
Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Like shitting myself. But it's it's nice to just be able to to uh, do this, do the doc stuff, obviously, and like uh, find a bit of a voice and and a, just actually get out and just try it. And a know? voice that, that is so respe- reactive and receptive, people are to it. But that you get signs on that. But the, but this is it. it. It's sort of like I I didn't write that. The the, the, <laughs> the AI wrote that. No, but it, it was... made the it made the noises. It did everything. But at the same time, it, it's nice that I mean, I usually just sit there thinking about random bollocks like this anyway all the time. <laughs> uh, and it's like, what if this happens? What if that happens? <laughs> what if what if that? And what if this? And so I'll just bore people to death by talking about it. So I think it just became just turn it into a video and shut the fuck up. <laughs> uh, and then the AI role was born. <laughs> <laughs> and the rest is history. Uh, if you were to ring on this day, not only would you hear sandwich enjoyment noises, but you'd hear Gene Oakland announce that Ted DiBiase is apparently on his way to WCW to work as an announcer. Ooh. I mean, that's not quite what happens. Ooh. And it doesn't happen for a while. Ooh. But apparently uh, he's coming in, uh, will be named Zillionaire Ted when he gets here. Ooh. <laughs> Sorry, just oof. Zillionaire. <laughs> uh, no, zillionaire. Are you fucking for real? Not even Elon Musk is a zillionaire. Zillionaire. Zillion's not even a real fucking number, is it? Is it not a real number? No, because it goes like million, billion, trillion, quadrillion, quintillion, quintillion. sextillion, Sext. septillion, oh. octillion. I, I, it, surely it goes that way. Hey, Siri. Is zillion a number? Here's an answer from wikipedia.org. Zero is a number and the numerical... No zillion, you prick! Never mind. So it doesn't know. Zillion is a num- not a number. <laughs> it is in WCW. It man. is in WCW world. Uh, we'll have no Eddie Guerrero, no Dean Malenko, no Chris Benoit this week because they're all at Dean Malenko's wedding. <laughs> they're all at Dean Malenko's house for a cookout. <laughs> <laughs> They've all gone round for sandwiches. Eddie's brought the bread buns. Chris has brought the steak. <laughs> Dean himself has provided all of the salami. It's a lovely day, isn't it? Yeah. That's a nice little thing to do post-wedding. There's a new pool. 
Nice. This uh, Dimalenko, this will be the wife that Dimalenko will attempt to cheat on with Lita on a future episode of SmackDown. For reference, see Coltonic Classic SmackDown Review number 44. Back when, uh, sorry, back when, in the future, when Dean Malenko is all of a sudden somehow a suave secret agent. I know, right? They give him the Bond <laughs> theme tune. Ah! I, I remember sitting there, the just, it was low-key the best, but I remember just sitting there as a kid having like, all of my other mates who only watch WWF going, who the fuck's Dean Malenko? And I was like, look at how they massacred my boy. <laughs> and I'm like, just trying to tell them, like, no, but he's, he's like an actual, like, technical god. Like, look at him. Rez, he's as good as Benoit. He's like, look at him. Look at him. And uh, they look. just kind of like, oh, he's <laughs> It's like, he's so much better than this storyline. I know. It made us all very sad. Uh, anyway, that's all the news from the wrestling world. Let's open one more pack of Nitro cards, then we're going to get into... I keep calling them the Nitro cards. The WCW yeah, Nitro cards. doesn't exist, Tom, Nitro by exists these when are these WCW World Championship Wrestling cards. When the Southern the Boys are running The official trading riots. cards of... Right, I've got a stanger. Stang! He's We've a man! We've got a Tommy cast. Rich duplicate. Hey. Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, yeah, we're not going to read another Tommy Rich. Scrummy, scrummy, scrummy. I've uh, got Dirty Dutch, Fabulous Freebirds, Lex Luger. Oh, that's a bit, a bit about Dirty Dutch, randomly. Um, his mate Dick Slater yeah. gets a WCW title shot on, a, on an episode of Saturday Night they recorded the day before this Nitro. Yeah. Because why not? Ric Flair versus why Dick not? Slater for the WCW title Throw in, in 1996. Yeah, Southern, Southern audience. Terry so Taylor. Got? Sting, Terry Taylor, Tommy Rich. Fabulous Freebirds, Tom Zeng. Tom Zeng, the Z-Man. Steiner Brothers and Stanger. Still no shiny, but I've got a different okay. Jim Ross one. Okay. Occupation. Co-host. Two of the most difficult things to take away from a wrestler are his title belt and, once he's got a hold of it, the microphone. Still, it seems Ross is able to get in at least a few of his own licks. He's almost always quoted in the last pages of Wrestling Wrap-Up, and this is something you'll notice is they mentioned PWI once or twice, but they really like referring to Wrestling Wrap-Up, so I'm assuming that was a company-affiliated magazine. I assume it might have been, yeah. yeah. Okay, I've got another Arn Anderson. Uh, when Arn steps into the ring... He becomes an infinitely more dangerous place. His ring explosiveness is lo not lost His on the ring fans. Explodes. <laughs> it's been that that Cormer he had. <laughs> As they watch him vie for the World Television Championship, who else would you expect? What else would you expect from a hot-blooded Norseman and a member of the Four Horsemen? I mean, good little structure there. I remember reading that one. Just the the fact that they refer to Arn as a Norseman is. I didn't know he was a Norseman. I mean, the Anderson family, I think, are technically Scandinavian. Of course, the Anderson. That's, but, that's the, the but, style. But Arn isn't really an Anderson, I don't think. Same way that Mr. McMahon is Irish. Whereas the actual Andersons are from, like, mm. uh, Scandinavian descent. Yeah. Ooh. Like how we worked out that, like, Alex, Alex's name in Norse would be Alexander John's daughter. Nice. Because John's daughter. Flying Brian. I've got another Flying Brian. Yeah, there's a fair few Flying God Brian's. Doom. Look yeah, look at the doom. look at how the cards are laid out. You've got you know, about 13, 14 stings, about eleven Lugers. You've got about uh Gee, hold on. Yeah. I've got an El Gigante. Yeah, El Gigante <gasps> pictures. And all of his pictures are taken from the exact same match. Because he only had like the two. The exact didn't he? same match. Like you'll notice that you'll think you've got the same one again and again, but it's a slightly different photo. Shoe size 21. Yes. Ask this mountain of a man about his main goal in wrestling, and he'll tell you it's... And he'll tell you... Rah! <laughs> Rah! <laughs> Rah! 
It is to help Sting and Leg Luger against the Four Horsemen. <laughs> this should make guys like Sid Vicious lose some sleep. I feel like these cards are trying to start fights. Hey, <laughs> they're shit. He'd batter them. In reality, it just ends up with like Randy Savage kicking the door of the fucking like publisher in. <laughs> Who the fuck wrote this card? <laughs> oh my God. Flying Brian. I got a Flying Brian. Favorite hold, flying body press, right? Whoever wrote these cards has really got a fucking they, attitude. They change it with some, a certain point, they change it to maneuver. But mm. yeah, some of them say hold. Flying Brian gets ready to launch an aerial assault on some unlucky foe. This compact fighting machine lives by the motto, it's not the size of the dog in the fight that matters, but the size of the fight in the dog. We'll take your word for it, Brian. Fuck off. I mean, this is, we'll take your word for it, mate. It's, All right, it's 91. He's tagging with Tom Zenk. You know, it's a different <laughs> Brian Pillman. I just, even if it, okay, regardless of his status on the card, that's real dissing. Like, all right, mate, fuck off. Yeah, but Run along, I little guess boy. he's supposed to be kind of, he's supposed to be like the fresh face, right? <laughs> like you got, I think Tom Zenks are all like kind of how he's the little bit more experienced member. Hold on. Um, Tom Zenk, T-M-A-K-Z man, a.k.a. Mr. Minnesota, proves that he's made of tough stuff as he towers over an unlucky opponent. Oh, no, this one doesn't mention him. The other ones I've had of Tom Zenk have all kind of mentioned him being the more experienced member of the tag team mm. and how, like, Brian's a little bit of a, like, not loose cannon. He's a little bit kind of rough around the edges and a little bit wild. Right. But, like, in immensely talented. So, like, it's like Zenk's cards put Brian over... The Brian cards are all kind of like, oh, he's a bit fresh, but he's a bit of an underdog. Right. And it's a bit kind of, go on then, prove us wrong, son. Uh, that, okay, okay, I can forgive it then. Uh, Tommy Rich. Tommy Rich. Yeah, is that the one I've got? With Tommy Rich, known to wrestling fans worldwide as Wildfire, enters the ring on business. His opponent had better make sure his life insurance policies. <laughs> Tom, do you want to <coughs> to touch Tommy's? <laughs> oh, definitely. <laughs> I thought you never asked. Here, Tommy demonstrates a favorite hold, the side headlock, which makes a whole lot of hurting going on. Hold on, I've got another Z-Man here. Let's, all line, let's line up all our Tommies. Got a nice one of Fabulous. I got a nice Fabulous Freebirds one there. We're touching Tommies, but everybody. Touching Tommies. As Michael put it, hey, it takes I've a real man to jeans. wear lipstick. He's a former world tag champ. Who's going to argue? It's on the back of the card. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, the cards question Leg. the legitimacy of the Freebirds being an actual musical group quite a lot. <laughs> it's like they say they've had a massive tour in Europe, but we're not quite sure about but, that. But whatever, dickheads. <laughs> <laughs> these take over at these cards at a real. There's look a nice simplicity to these cards though, isn't there? Like, I like. I, I like that the fact that it's just an image and a stat. Yes, or something a little right. I do like it. Anyway, let's bring you forward to 1996. Monday Nitro from April the 1st, 96, and fuck-a-doodle-doo, we start hot. The Giant and Stang staring at each other in the ring. Yeah, we come to the action already starting. I was like, hey, is this one of the ones where they lost the tape? Like, what's going on? Mm. Um, Giant was a babyface last week. Oh, sorry, we're touching Tommy's, um, I can't. That's fine, we can touch Tommy's, it's okay. Um, he's a baddie here. Sting spits at Giant, and they start fighting. Don't worry, Eric Bischoff is on commentary to clue us in. So on WCW Saturday night... A match was made between Sting and Giant against Harlem Heat to take yes. place on Nitro. Jimmy Hart paid off the Giant and Harlem Heat. So therefore, Harlem Heat didn't wrestle. And the Giant instead wanted to fight Sting. And Harlem Heat just kind of shrugged. 
Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, we'll, go, right. well, we see a bit of Harlem Heat in a bit. Yeah, we see what, what went on there. So that's where we're at. Instead, that's where we're at. Instead of Sting, the Giant, and Harlem Heat, we're getting Sting versus the Giant. Sting hits a top rope chop block to bring the Giant down, like Jack and the Beanstalk, according to Mongo. It's not inaccurate. Sting's crossbody attempt fails. He bounces off the Giant to turn the momentum round. Giant goes to chokeslam Sting while he's still on the outside. He's still on the apron. He goes to chokeslam Sting while he's still on the apron, but Sting drop kicks him to the outside. Enter Leg Luger to stand by Sting's side. The ref looks at the Giant trying to get back in, looks at Leg Luger, who hasn't done anything yet, <laughs> and calls for the disqualification. Okay. I believe it's a DQ awarded to the Giant, or the ref just went, oh, fuck this. <laughs> It's like Sting, I'm sick of seeing you get the shit kicked out of you. Yeah. Just take the loss. Take, take the, the loss and go have a word with Lex, please. Jimmy Hart leads the giant away. Giant <laughs> screams into the camera, Stinger, the only reason you're alive is because Lex is there. And he gobs all over the camera as he turns. That's a hot, confusing as fuck start tonight. You think Joe? that's a confusing as fuck start? Wait till what happens next. Oh, okay. So opening titles and fireworks. We are live! in Cleveland, Ohio. We get footage of what happened before Nitro started, which is uh, Harlem Heat walking to the ring and Jimmy Hart rushing to the ring with an envelope. And in that envelope is a check, we understand, for Harlem Heat. Not even cash money. Harlem mm. Heat went on the promise of maybe there being the money in the account. Yeah, because that check... It's 100% going to bounce. That check could bounce. It's going to bounce. So, Jimmy Hart's not had a number one single since like the early 60s. Exactly. There's he, no way it's going to not bounce. That is from a, that is from a, a dead current account, and they have no idea. So Harlem Heat look at Sting, look at Giant, and say, good luck, Oos, we forfeit. And they walk to the back... <laughs> And it turns out the giant was paid off as well by Jimmy Hart to instead wrestle Sting. And that's that's what the opening was. They turn giant face only to very quickly turn him heel again. So Paul White, his his penchant for flipping face and heel began long before we started keeping score in 99. Oh, yeah, I, I think like it, it's just one of those things where it, it's... I guess it's hard when you have somebody who's been billed as such a monster, right? Like you can't just flip him on a on a penny. You need something to happen that is um, relatable, I guess, in a way, or like affirming. So like if the giant accidentally injured somebody by falling on them and it was a legitimate accident and nobody blamed him for it, but he blamed himself, mm. then the crowd would get behind him. Like if he fell on Kimberly Page or something. Oh, he's clumsy. And it'd be like, oh, no, don't blame yourself. But when you've just had him going like, I'm going to tear you limb from limb, Hogan, week after week <laughs> after week after week. And he's so scared. I mean, look at the, the expression he gave during Uncensored. Was it, or was it last week's episode? Last week, last week's where, episode, his eyes where he just kind of goes out. like, and it was like, you can't not have him as a heel. Look at him. Yeah, easily a heel. Yeah. Easily a heel. All we want really is consistency either way. I'd like to We're thank... never going to get it for well, the next no. 30 years. Oh, it's going to take a while because I was going to It's going to say... take until AEW for it to kind of mellow out. And thank you, Tony <laughs> Khan, for being the first no, promoter. Fuck you, Tony. <laughs> he needs to keep flipping weekly. I'm not. Tony Khan, the first promoter. You've to destroyed consistently... a wrestling tradition. <laughs> You've destroyed it. Big show, you never know where you stand with him. That's, that's the. I, know, I guess Captain Insano isn't Big Show. So we can turn Captain Insano here. Captain Insano, yeah. Captain Insano can 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 be a, a baby face. He can do whatever he wants. But Paul White must turn. It's like Hogan must pose. Paul White must turn. This giant is not for turning. 
Tony. If Tony, you want to run a show in the UK, you better turn him heel. Tony and then turn him face again a week before. And then on the show, turn him heel in the first match. Face in the second. <laughs> we don't want consistency. I don't want to see Kenny Omega. I want Big Show in every single match and I want him turning. And I want him to be Big Show again. Just because that would make what I'm saying work rather than Paul White. Because I keep forgetting to say Paul White and I keep saying Big Show. Didn't we do a list of every face heel turn? Right? We did. Check it out. It was quite, it was quite the... Uh, Quite the video <laughs> to build. <laughs> it's one of them where you go, you can't make a list. Oh shit, you can. Coincidentally, I think it was one of the ones we released on April Fools that wasn't an like it was an April Fools, but it wasn't because it was like a way. But here's actually the fact. Here's an actual one. <laughs> Enjoy, you bastards. Um, anyway, we get a rundown of tonight. Ric Flair's defending the WCW title against Leg Luger. Ooh. Here we go. The Steiners, the Road Warriors, and the Nasty Boys are in a triangle tag team match. And did anybody Poor explain crap. the rules to any of them, including the commentary team? Did they fuck? No. We have to guess. Yeah. So as we always do. This is why WCW is the best. <laughs> Plus, Hogan and the Booty Man are teaming up to face Arn Anderson and the Taskmaster. Yeah. A loaded night of the wrestles, <laughs> uh, which starts with the triangle tag match. Road Warriors versus Nasty Boys versus Steiners. This is the first triangle match in WCW. I Now, at this point, I think they've had them in Smoky Mountain. Yeah, they'll have been happening mm. in, on the scene for sure. But I, I don't know. You'd have to go back and have a look. But either way, it seems that Bischoff obviously is, is of course, the one who is more clued up uh, on commentary. But I think it starts with Mongo going, so what are the rules? Because yeah. so, <laughs> if so they tag him, and, and obviously that's to help the crowd understand and the audience at home understand, sorry. Um, but it just sort of ends in a bit of a mush a mush of confusion when I think Animal just doesn't tag in. He just gets into the ring <laughs> and the ref's like, all right. And it almost looks like tornado rules. Um, yeah. And the Bischoff's just like, well, whoever pins whoever, his team wins. It was very, very convoluted, not unconvoluted, but just <clears throat> they didn't explain it very well. Uh, to, to add to the confusion, LOD chance at the start. <laughs> well, no, none of these teams are called LOD. What's that mean? <laughs> Legs of, of dream. dream. Legs of dream. Yeah, legs of dream. We've seen his face, now we'll see his legs. Dogs. <laughs> Lots of dogs. Lots of dogs. Lots of dogs. And then and then 100 Daxons run in. Best Nitro ever. Now, we, I think you and I have different opinions on the body of this match. Yeah. Because based on what you messaged me on the group, on the work chat, mm. I, it's different to what I wrote down. I think it was a shit show, but in a good way. Oh, I thought it was just just six men clattering each other, and I yeah, really enjoyed it. That's what I mean. It was like it, oh, that's so cool. it was that's there was cool. no qualms about it. It was oh, just like enough. all right, let's let's absolutely smash each other to pieces. It was just and th these are the teams you want involved. Uh, it featured sneaky tags. Uh, it featured heavy strikes. It featured a windmilling Jerry Sags at one point. <laughs> I'm just gonna do this. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what we all do in fights when we're kids. Just like swinging your fists and open for the best. I hit the microphone then. Um, they all brawl around the ring. Nick Patrick, God love him, gets order restored. And they go, all right, we'll start again proper. Yeah. Which I didn't think he ever would, but he did. Um, they, there's a lot of heavy punches. All they Halfway through the match. <laughs> right. They go to a break. So the nitro music plays. They pan out from the ring. That's it. We have the Nitro logo on a standee, and then a firework, a little spooty firework goes off in front of it. <laughs> to which Bobby Heenan goes, what's that? <laughs> Heenan 
Brendan at this point, and so, as something as you'll figure out in a little while, he's checked out. Oh yeah, he has checked the yeah. fuck out. Oh, what's that? It's a firework as they go to break. <laughs> but he's having fun doing it. He's having a great yeah. time. If they're gonna pay him, yeah, yeah fuck it. We're back from break. They're still clattering each other. Uh, brutal part where Rick Steiner goes to belly to belly superplex Brian Knob. Animal pushes them both off. Rick nearly lands on his fucking head on the apron. Yeah. It's horrible. But they carry on fighting. And then here comes the public enemy to do a run in. But Rock it's not just any public enemy run in. Oh, it's not. It's an MS delicious Christmassy special in April 1st, 1996 run in. So it's Rocco Rock in his regular attire. And Johnny Grunge... Slathered in chocolate sauce. <laughs> oh, it was a lovely day. Tom, put Fleetwood Mac Albatross in here. <laughs> this is no ordinary. <laughs> Running from the public enemy. Um, so Rocco Rock is dressed as himself. Yeah. Johnny Grunge dressed as Brian Nobbs, complete yes. with Nasty Boy's top and and buzzed hair, mo buzzed mullet, bleached blonde yes and what happens is they pulled the actual brian knobs out of the ring and it and they hit him with a chair he gets hit with a chair sorry he gets hit with a chair and then gets chucked under the ring johnny grunge dresses brian knobs rolls into the ring and so takes the pin he takes the pin from rick start from scott steiner i didn't pick this up at first because there's so many moving parts and i'm writing notes and look at the screen at the same time because then he takes the pin and then i see what i believe to be brian knobs like slithering out of the ring it's, and i went that's bullshit at least sell the move and yeah. i went oh it's quite well done because then yeah. when you see the replay uh you, you know you see it all in slow motion detail like knobs being thrown under the ring after getting like brained uh and then it all happening and then Eric Bischoff is like, the truth has finally been revealed. And all I can say to that is that it's ironic because last week I promised some truth of my own. Oh, shit. The World Championship Wrestling doesn't stand for World Commitment Wrestling, WCW, oh, as Eric Bischoff once said. It stands for World Communist Wrestling, Tom, okay. doesn't Am it? Am I going to need another beer for this? Yes, you are. Bit, but uh, there's I, another one for you. I've though. had to. I've had to trade. Oh, I'll, well, I'll, I'll crack that open as well. But I've had to trade a lot of state secrets to get these photographs. I hope you know. Okay. Uh, but there's photo. I, whoa. Hold the fuck on. There's photographs. There's a photographic piece of evidence that, that dictates that WCW actually stands for World Communism Wrestling. Right. And anything that Eric Bischoff has said that he's this red blooded, hard working American, it's all clearly lies because he's red blooded, but not in the American sense. I will endeavor to describe this to you on the podcast feed and we'll find somewhere online that we can post it. Probably my Twitter. Uh, Sam is now going to show us. If you're on the Patreon, you can see this. Now, okay. I, I've full disclosure, complete shoot, brother. I don't know what this is. This is proof. <laughs> fucking <laughs> hell! <Eric> Bischoff. <laughs> fucking hell! Fucking <laughs> hell! Oh, fucking hell! This is proof. <laughs> <laughs> this is proof that Eric Bischoff knew Joseph Stalin. Um, and as right. we know, as we know, people will look at this image and they'll say, that's a photo of Stalin and Lenin. What are you on about? No, it's not. As you know, you know, if you're, if you're clued up on your Cold War history, um, Joseph Stalin had a bit of a knack for uh, pre-Photoshop editing images. Now, before- We want Mario Paint! No. <laughs> before- <laughs> before uh, <laughs> 
People are going to say, as I said, that this is a shot of Lenin and, and Stalin that's been manipulated. But oh, I've been actually, given a copy. That's excellent. Actually, yes. Uh, actually, actually <laughs> this photograph was originally of Stalin and Bischoff, as you can see here. And only later was Lenin added to where Bischoff is sat now. Right. So it's a, so it's a, it's a Photoshop, but... but Le Look, Stalin was at Lenin was added no. over Bischoff. When Eric Bischoff, Eric Bischoff has, has been around for a long time, as you can see here. This photo is black and white. Well, yeah. When he decided, as an eternal <laughs> being, as an eternal being, <laughs> decided that he was going to. I like to how you went very calmly. It's an old picture, as you can tell, because it's black and white. <laughs> oh, right. yes. Yes, Mr. Driver. Do continue. Do continue your speech. When Eric Bischoff decided, and as we know, Eric Bischoff is a lizard person. He's part of the global Illuminati <laughs> controlling all of us. Um, he decided he was going to get into the wrestling business in the late 80s, early 90s. <laughs> okay. um, and at that point, this image had to be scrubbed. At that point, Lenin was actually invented to take the place here of Bischoff retroactively because, you know, Bischoff was clearly the person who started... So, the just Communist so Party of Russia. just just so I've got this clear, yeah, right. It was this. The picture you're showing us is the original photo, yeah. which is Stalin so and Eric Bischoff. Eric Bischoff actually led the revolution that that led to communism taking over his homeland, his motherland of Russia, right, uh, Mister Red Blooded American. And then what happened from there was basically. Um, he would move through time, and he's like Dorian Gray, basically, but he's also a lizard. Uh, I was gonna say, he Ziggy decided he wanted constantly. to get into wrestling, and at that point, they had to kind of go back and retroactively scrub a lot of stuff. Uh, also, Stalin fell out with him, and Lenin was like more of a fan of the the Russian indie scene. Um, and so Stalin was like, right, we'll get rid of Bischoff out of this photo, and that's where the photo of you know this being Stalin and Lenin came from. Ah, uh, but really. Yeah, it was originally Stalin and Bischoff. Right. This also, it all kind of worked because, you know, with Bischoff running a, a southern wrestling company by this point in time. No one was going to put um, them together. No one was going to put those two things together. But yeah, I had to trade a lot of state secrets together. Wowzers. Well, well, there you have it. <laughs> I defy. Completely fucked the explanation. <laughs> I, I think you nailed it. I think you nailed it. Take that home with you, Tom. Sean Ross Sapp can eat a dick. We've got the real wrestling news. Eric Ooh, Bischoff worked with Stalin. I wouldn't say that. He's a lovely man. Yeah, but he can in, in a metaphorical sense. He doesn't have the, the, the level of depth of, of conspiratorial I mean. knowledge that That's we do. That's what I mean. I love Sean Ross Sapp, but he hasn't got that. I never saw Fightful break this exclusive. Fight, this is Fightful, <laughs> late to this exclusive. They, they're pretty on the money with everything. <laughs> late by roughly 70 years. <laughs> Screams Christmas. Like, like a, a long, picture of Stalin. Like a picture of <laughs> Stalin sat with Eric Bischoff at 83 weeks. What, what will Conrad make of this? <laughs> Chat me up on this, Eric. Uh, we got you ever hang around with Stalin? <laughs> you know, uh, big guy, mustache. What I love is because Bischoff, Bischoff is such a, such, such a businessy type. You'll go, well, I'm not saying I never did. <laughs> He won't deny it, just in case there's something that but can it come all, up. But it all ties in. You know, how did they get that seamless transition into North Korea? People say it was Antonio Inoki. I don't see Antonio Inoki posing in that big photograph, <laughs> looking nervous. It's Eric Bischoff. He was too busy. He was too busy with Saddam Hussein getting people out of jail. He wants to hang around with Stalin. Well, there you go. Well, 
What more can we... World Merry Communism Christmas. Wrestling. Merry Christmas. World Communism Wrestling. It's funny how they marketed their goods overseas, though, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> Back in Russia, WCW is literally just Ivan Koloff. It, he he headlines every event. They bring in a Russian dressed as an American, and he just beats him every week. <laughs> they have the same Ivan Koloff match that goes on last on every night show. And I hope that the 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 American <laughs> that comes in is always called something like Johnny Yankee or <laughs> Dirty Capitalist Dan. <laughs> Capitalist Colin. <laughs> hey, look at me, disposable income. Sometimes he tags Boo! it. Sometimes he tags in Marx. Marx comes in with a flying elbow drop <laughs> with just a copy of Capital. Just <laughs> Oh, the means of production. My ass. <laughs> oh, the means of this punch in the face. Seize the means of breaking your leg. <laughs> oh. World communism wrestling. No, there is... I defy... I fucking defy you to find a podcast because there's roughly... There's roughly <laughs> yeah, please, please put that front and centre for the rest of the show. Um... <laughs> There's roughly there's roughly seven thousand podcasts uploaded like per day. What in the world? Fuck off! There's got to be like a million. Maybe <laughs> all right, seven thousand five <laughs> per day. I defy you to find a podcast that begins with let's open some WCW cards and then goes on to go. By the way, Bischoff hung out with Stalin, and here's he the and here's it. the fucking he proof. Him. He he basically <laughs> Stalin took over after Bischoff decided he was getting into wrestling. <laughs> It took Bischoff a good 30, 40 years to get into wrestling, but, you know. I'm really sad I've already written the Christmas special because I feel like <laughs> Stalin would have had a, would have played a great part in, in, in what I've written. I don't <laughs> but think sadly, Stalin I've already written it. I think he should. <laughs> Clearly, in the, rest, in the history of wrestling, as, as we could see here. You won't see that on a top 10 list on the Carl Tonic YouTube channel. Come to the podcast for the real truth. <laughs> Come to the podcast. You only find it here, that and our Blogspot account. Our top secret blog spot. What's the other one that they do? Angel Fire. Angel Fire. Check out our Angel Fire account. Uh, so in the shadow of Stalin's WCW, um, we have another. We have our tag team main event, which is <laughs> our, our semi-main event, which is Hogan and, and Booty Man yes. taking on the Taskmaster and Arn Anderson. Now, they start playing Hogan's music. Who's a man? But then they stop it. Because they went, no, brother, he can't come out first. The baddies must come out first. So we get the Hogan pop. Right. So they stop it. Here comes Taskmaster and Arn Anderson with Liz and Woman in their corners. At no point do they acknowledge that Arn turned on Sullivan last week. That's just been forgotten. Well, I don't mention it. People forget it nice and quick. Who taught you that? (laughs) (laughs) Ruffles picture of Stalin. Um, here comes Hogan, the booty man, and Kimberly Page, who Heenan calls the booty Kimberly, because, again, he's checked out. He can't be arsed. Uh, as the match starts, Heenan makes a big announcement. He is retiring from WCW. Oh, no. Bischoff and Mongo are confused as fuck, as we all are. But Mongo then goes, may I be the first to tell you goodbye? And then they move on. Very odd. Booty Man dominates Arn Anderson and the Taskmaster. A double big boot from Hulk Hogan. Booty goes for an aloha on, and Taskmaster breaks it up, turning the tide. Woman gets involved with some cheap shenanigans. Mongo's solution is for Kimberly to... Oh, do you want the bottle opener? Yeah, sure. 
Mongo's solution is for Kimberly to... Mongo's solution is for Kimberly to get over. Uh, yeah, so he says, get over there and tear woman's dress off. Yeah. Yeah, equality. Product of its time, just like these like oh, these cards. Like these cards and this particular picture of Eric Bischoff and Joseph Stalin. I think that's just hardcore, you know, stone-cold fact. Stone-cold truth. Yeah. <laughs> Booty gets a break off a double noggin knocker and tags into Hogan. Woman arms Sullivan with one of her shoes. Now, now the, the woman's shoe has been the most deadly of weapons. So therefore, Kimberly Page... Well, they're, they're spiked, right? So it's all like stiletto-esque heels. Mm. So it, it's just, as long as you can kind of get... You could blind somebody, one of those bad boys. They nearly do, because woman then gets her you shoe You can explode off. somebody's entire testicle with one. Ooh. <laughs> Stalin, Joe, apparently. Joe did not like that one. Stalin did not like that. <laughs> Stalin, that is a quote. Out of context, cultaholic. Stalin did not like that. <laughs> stick that on our, stick that on the Twitter. Thank, thank you for your service out of context, cultaholic, for constantly reminding us of the thank absolute you. shite that we say. Yeah. I love. I, Sorry I, for giving you so much absolute bollocks with the fucking conspiratorial uh, facts. I will forever give love to Out of Context Cultaholic because they, they watch the shows uh, like whenever there's time for them to watch it and we appreciate you doing so. Um, and then I'll just get tweets where I'm tagged in it. Please never stop tagging me in them. Please oh, never yeah. stop tagging me in like, them. Don't. Never it's stop tagging best. me in them. Because I, I had a message one saying, do you mind me tagging you? Please never stop tagging me in them. Because I'll be sat at work one day and it'll come up and it'll be like, like Harry Smith has a bullet with my name on it. I'm like, oh, that's on Twitter now. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I did say, and it's like, yeah, I did say that. All right. So it's like, and I'll just be minding my own business. It's a, it's, it gives me the kind of same feeling of dread. Yeah. But, but in a better, in a happier way, when I get an email come up saying, your Scottish power energy bill is available to view. It's that same feeling of, <laughs> no. <laughs> so anyway, this so shoes are plenty. Kimberly Page takes her stiletto off. Yes, and so there she hands it to Hogan. Shoe wars won by Hogan with Kimberly's shoe. Bop Sullivan with it, and he gets the three off of the shoe. Woman attacks Kimberly. Booty makes the save, and Kimberly looks very rattled by this, but she gives uh, Booty a big kiss as a thank you. The referee is an idiot. Yeah. I mean, it's usually largely the case in pro wrestling that the referee is an idiot, but the referee is an idiot here because. <clears throat> Like, there's two shoes. Yeah. There's, there's two shoes right in the ring. What well, Sullivan's got one on his hand. If Sullivan was going to have both, one, he'd be walking on all fours, like some kind of creepy <laughs> <laughs> four-legged And we have a picture of that? No, sadly we don't. <laughs> but uh, two, if you they're two pick, different shoes. If you want to imagine... It's not either the same shoe. If you want to imagine what that looks like, by the way, just find that episode of Celebrity Big Brother where George Galloway was a cat. <laughs> But slightly higher. But slightly higher in every sense of the word. Yeah, you'd think you'd see the shoes <laughs> and go, oh, there's been some shenanigans here. Oh, And write that down. Um, so they head up the ramp to the, to the baby faces. Uh, Kimberly is hobbling because her shoe is so massive, she yes. can't put her foot down. So she's like walking on her tippy toe. Oh, what a shame. You don't have to walk on the carpet with your bare feet. Oh, oh. Ruin everything. No, send Booty back in there. Get him to go get your shoe. And as he does, during the replay, he gets jumped by Arn and Sullivan. Thank fuck. They get, his, they get their heat back, thank God. They should have beaten him harder. I think he should have done, actually. But then Kimberly and Hogan get back into the ring, and then Mean Bischoff Gene was just joins giving them. it all. You know, beat him with the power of the worker. Yeah, he was... 
I mean, the wrestler. <laughs> I mean, capitalism. <laughs> I mean, buy, buy our action figures. I mean, buy magazines. <laughs> Hogan gets onto Gene and talks about it. Uh, he puts over the booty babe, saying she's on top of her game at all times, if you know what I mean. Hogan, you are not having sex with Kimberly Page. Stop pretending that you are. Hogan's upset that the baddies always get the last laugh. But booty man says, I agree, Hogan, but I've got a plan. I can't tell you now. You've got to keep it top secret, but you've got to agree to be my tag partner next week. I'm going we'll to steal Diamond laugh. Dallas Page's wife. And then he winks at the camera and walks out. I'm gonna, we're all going to have sex with the booty babe. That's the plan. Um, I want to mention this. Like, like it's the Hogan-Savage relationship and the Hogan and Booty relationship. Yes. It's akin to... Uh-huh. It's, it's something you see in, like, like, rom-coms and stuff where you've got the person that is the perfect fit for you, but there's no, like, spark... There's no romantic. What do you spark. mean between? There's no like sexual spark. Between who? Um, this is this is like you've got like the safe option in, in like in like a rom com. You've got the safe option. Who, yeah. Like, you love them with all your heart, but there's no like spark there. But right. then you've got like the bad boy who you can't bear, but you but the hate fucking is incredible, right? Hogan and Savage is that relationship. <laughs> Hogan and Booty is the safe re- relationship with no romantic spark. Yeah, but I think that's the way to describe them. Hogan's not looking for a spark. He's looking for somebody to lick his butthole clean. He is, but then he, but then the the sex is so much better with Savage. (laughs) This it's it's angry and it's primal and it's animalistic, but it's so much better. But yet it's safe with Booty. Yeah, because he's gonna do Booty's gonna make Hogan feel special. But sometimes Hogan wants to be treated like. Is this when the promo happens? When we yeah, I'm watching the the promo promo and I'm going. Man, Savage is always like getting on the Hogan. Because that promo where he's just like, you know, you, I've been through cage matches. I've been through this. I've been through that. I've been through tags and all like, all this shit. He's like, and you're telling me you got the plan? And it's just so bland. It's so bland. And it's, it's fucking Brutus the Barber Beefcake, man. Mm. And Hogan really wants it to work. It's he Brutus knows. the Barber Beefcake, man. But it's like so. I know that you're missing Johnny B. Bad, but he ain't the one. No, he looks like a hip bone. <laughs> he does. <laughs> he does. Johnny B. Bad had a cool little pencil mustache, <laughs> and like he was like ripped, and you know he's a Golden Gloves boxer, and <laughs> he replaced him with a man who's obsessed with butts <laughs> so to an uncomfortable level. So anyway, uh, next week, the, the sexless marriage will team up uh, to finally put one over on the horse dungeon. <laughs> That's happening next week. Hooray for everybody. Main event o'clock. It is Leg Luger. About fucking time. About fucking time. Leg Luger faces Ric Flair for the WCW world title. It's a month shy of the 10-year anniversary since their first singles match for a world title. So I know it's one of them with... with Leg, where like he's had a bit of a career resurgence and he feels new again. But yes, it was in 1986 where Flair and Luger fought for the NWA World Title. It's weird, like with <sighs> looking at how over Lex is initially. It's it's crazy, mm-hmm. and then it's sort of by ten years later, it's it's just like I don't know. It feels like he's not tried portraying anything but the same character. He's always been Leg. Yeah. Endlessly like it'll change with the wolf pack. You know, Lex actually becomes quite interesting for a little bit with the ponytail and you know, all of that for a, a window of like a month and a half, two months. But like, yeah, it's just the same old Lex Luger. 
pretty much. Luger's got two titles. He's about to go for a third. Uh, as Flair walks out, Rick tries flirting with a smiling blonde in the crowd. Ooh. The smiling blonde being Deborah McMichaels. Steve, you got a beautiful wife there, says Eric, known swinger. And it could work for either of her husbands. <laughs> it certainly could. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's it. Welcome to the wrestling bollocks, Debs. You're here for a while. Yeah. Let's see. It's funny when, like, when the worlds cross over, the fact that we're talking about Deborah McMichael on the classic Night Review in 96. We're also talking about Deborah <laughs> on the classic SmackDown review in 2001. And she went, she, she was with a Steve, and then she went to, to, with, to another Steve. She went to another Steve uh, as part is of... Is it awkward? As uh, part of WCW. Is it, is it awkward? Stop knocking Stalin over. <laughs> is it awkward? Said, is it awkward to... to said the allied powers. <laughs> is it awkward to, to stop being with somebody called Steve and then immediately start dating somebody else called Steve? That's a really good question. Like, does it, does it, is it hard in your head to be like Steve and not think of the old Steve? I think if anything, it's, it's probably a blessing because then if you accidentally call that partner Steve well, yeah, you during can't the get act the of name love, wrong, right? you don't get the name wrong. Unless got... one of them Steve and one of them Steven. Oh. And if you go Steven, and it's like, who's Steven? I'm Steve. Oh no, I thought, or they spell it with the PH. What if one of them likes it to be pronounced Stesla? Well, I'd be asking them a lot of questions for Stesla. them. More than Deborah at this point. Sizzling Steve. Sizzling Steve. <laughs> no, no, sizzling. No G. Okay, sizzling. sizzling apostrophe Steve. If you are a Steve that listens to this that would prefer to be called Sizzling Steve. Or Stesla. Or Stesla. <laughs> please reach out, classic at cultaholic.com, so we know where to send people to section you. <laughs> it just makes it easy for yeah, everybody involved. That's- <laughs> do you remember when, like, you could... I don't know why it just flashed back into my brain there. Do you remember when you could literally just call up a number and be like, yeah, this person needs to be sectioned, and they would just be carted off? There was, it was like, like movies. But no, but there was a whole point. From, I think is it was that like, Beauty and the Beast? But it was like, oh, four, oh, five. You could, you could basically, on your own, state a case for somebody needing to be sectioned, Hello, and like, they would come and try and section oh, the person without, like, any prior sort of... You could make up an entire lie. I could like ring up and be like, Tom is a danger to himself and others. And he said that he's going to uh, poison the entire minds of the populace of Newcastle with 1990s WCW. And he has no intention of stopping. I mean, that you bang on. And they'll be like, okay, we're coming back. We're coming right around now. Because there's a whole thing in Peep Show about it as well, I remember. Okay. So it was a legit thing then. It's like, don't try and section me. I'll try and section you. Oh, so yeah. you could actually go, you could call something, yeah? I think it wasn't for very long, but yeah. Mm. Yeah, it was uh, I am, a bit hairy. Mm, intriguing, intriguing. I did not know that, but apparently that's the case. Uh, Lex Luger and Ric Flair are fighting for the world title in World Championship Wrestling. Luger overpowers Flair for most of this. Right, it, this match is basically Lex Luger, Ric Flair, and the vocal cords of woman. <laughs> Just she just screams every single time that Luger's on the offensive. She's just absolutely howling. It's a really like, noisy it, match. It is, but that's all she's been doing so far. But this is probably the most vocal woman's been um, so far. But it's on top. <laughs> it's on top of Ric Flair, who's always like, "Oh God, ah oh God, nah. and Luger, who's like, yeah. "Ha ha, oh he arm ah, drag." Ah, ah. <laughs> Call everything really loud. You spotted that, didn't you, in this match? Yeah, there's a point where. Lugas, he's got an Irish whip flair, and you see him just openly talking to him. And Bischoff's like, 
and Luger there, he even smack talking in the ring, and it's like the, the kind of tone in his voice. It's like fair play for catching it that quickly and being able to just turn it round, mm. like absolute pro. But at the same time, it just tickled me because it was just like <laughs> he's clearly just saying, "All right, Irish whip, <laughs> ah, Irish whip." Uh, this match is pretty much all Luger. He just dominates Flair at every opportunity. Yeah. Flair gets a little bit of off- offensive with the figure four, but Luger reverses it, uh, lands a sunset flip and a backslide for some near falls. Flair's top rope dive gets caught, and he's set flying with a superplex. The torture rack is applied, but as before the torture rack is applied, this woman has gone to the crowd and got a, a, a little cup. Yeah, so woman goes to the crowd, um, and she it's it's quite um, featured. So Sorry, she kind of like very noticeably struts over. She grabs a little like, polystyrene cup from somebody, a little paper cup, uh, and she just gives it uh, the old throw in the face to Oluga. And and that is how the match ends. It's a disqualification. What have you done? I've I've I've, I've adjusted Joseph Stalin so he can balance. In Russia, paper folds you. She throws coffee over Luca's face. And that breaks the... Party's the... not going to be happy about this. <laughs> wait till I tell Eric. I can't, wait till... I can't wait till Eric gets a tweet from someone going, there's this podcast I said can. that... Oh, Please fucking don't. It's going to be the best Christmas. <laughs> He's like a super, super, super American man. <laughs> Eric! <laughs> if we're lying, come and tell us so! He will, he will. Brilliant! Get him on! And he'll bring, like, Kevin Nash to beat us up. I can't. Get him on! <laughs> There's the evidence. All I'm saying was that was passed to me through a third party. There's the evidence. I traded nuclear secrets for it. <laughs> so it's it, got to be real. <laughs> Flair ends up rolling up Luger. It's not a DQ, I apologise. I traded a Randy Savage. <laughs> you say An you MIM think. 104 service to wear Patriot Missile. <laughs> And Alex Luger in 1996. Is that why Bishop hired Savage? Maybe, yeah. To have a missile? Always close by. Yeah. And a washing machine to clean himself of all of the blood on his clothes. Oh, my God. Bischoff basically kept the cold war ticking over. Maybe he did. Maybe it's still going on right now. Some say. Why do you think he lives out in the wilderness and has the best life? (laughs) He's staying away from cities and built up areas. He's got a whole command base. He's got a whole whole garage. One mile underneath his house. (laughs) <laughs> this huge command center. I'm not saying I don't. <laughs> you ever seen the Time Is Running Out music video by Muse? <laughs> it was shot in Eric Bischoff's basement. <laughs> all those world leaders are actually world leaders and they're there all the time. They gather to, to keep an eye and on And as we Bischoff. know, Eric Bischoff is an eternal being. He's mm. just appearing slightly older now so that we don't feel freaked out by the fact he hasn't aged. But once we're all dead, he'll just be 20 years old again. And, and, and then we'll go, oh, there's that young up and coming Eric Bischoff. And then he'll walk into a room and all you hear is just blah, 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 like that. Now, Flair rolls up Luger off the back of the coffee for the tainted one, two, three, because he puts his feet on the ropes as well. Sting immediately rolls into the ring to check on leg. Uh, it's another tainted win for Flair. He runs up the ramp, challenging fans to have a fight with him. Yeah, it, it's... um. At least we're kind of getting something for Luger here. Mm. Like, that, that's a little bit more showcasey Because it's felt like Luger's been so bogged down in just this roundabout, repetitive story with Sting. Where it's like, can you trust him? No, you can't. Why are you still trusting him? 
And Sting's like, because I trust him. Can you trust him? No, you can't. Why are you still trusting him? Because I trust him. And it's been that for like half a year. Mm -hmm. So it, it's like, you know, we need to, to try and just once again go, hey, Lex is actually a credible threat. Lex is actually able to have good matches. Lex is actually able to, you know, go toe-to-toe -to -toe with people. And he may not come out on top all the time, but... You know, maybe if that hadn't happened, he may have had a good chance. Flair had to cheat for a reason, so Flair must have thought Lex could beat him, mm. right? So making Lex more of a credible threat, I think, is great. But at the same time, it's just a lot of bollocks in it, the coffee in the face. and They, they, they come up with very creative ways to have bullshit finishes because they have to. Because yeah. every finish on Nitro is a bullshit finish. Yeah. They can't help themselves. Everything's got to be tainted. Nobody can afford a clean win. Nobody wants to take a clean loss. But at the and same that's time, where you're it, at. It, if you, it, the thing is, by looking at it through modern eyes, and that's the thing as well, is like up to this point, wrestling was very cut and dry. You know, it, it wasn't very full of. Uh, up until like, you know, the 80s, obviously, but like it wasn't exactly full of like crazy, stupid Russo stuff by this point. Mm. But things were needing to kind of have a little bit more of a hang on. You were needing to have slightly more of like, well, this and this and this, and it's all kind of wheels within wheels and make it as exciting as you can because then it's like, oh, well, how is he going to react to the fact he's had coffee thrown in his face? What are him and Sting going to say about this? We need to tune in next week, find out. And back then you had fuck all to do. So you sure. would tune in next week. You had a Game Boy with Tetris on it or a Sega Genesis or Master System or Mega Drive or a SNES. And you, you had nothing to do. So you would literally be hanging on, waiting for this. Because it's like when you look back at the Attitude Era, now it's like, oh my Christ. But at the time it was like, there is nothing else to do but play yeah. PlayStation and watch this. And I think it sort of, when you put yourself back there, it works a little bit more. But at the same time, Jesus, it's been a long storyline. Uh, Bobby Heenan shakes Mongo and Eric Bischoff's hand to say farewell. I'm off. <laughs> and just as Nitro's going off the air, he goes, oh, by the way, April Fools. Oh, great. <laughs> April Fools ended at 12 p.m. Bobby. <laughs> Yikes. So that was the thing. Bobby's just amusing himself now on commentary. Yeah. He's just like he's been he's 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 even when he phones it in he's still very good. I still but, I'm not looking forward to the point we get to when um Gorilla Monsoon unfortunately passes, but that's going to be mm. a while away yet. Yes. But that's um yeah, I mean, the company's hardly... They don't really realize, I think, what they've got with Bobby Heenan. They not did. at all. They not did initially, and they still kind of do now, because it's Bobby fucking Heenan. But as time goes on, and WCW becomes so self-absorbed, they don't really care about Bobby. They don't really give a shit, and they, they kind of... You can feel it. And it's not... I don't think it's deliberate. I don't think it's, you know, deliberately them going, phasing him out. I think it's just that... Things get so ridiculous and so back and forth with, you know, trying to one-up the other company that it's like, hey, you've got Bobby Heenan here. And at the same time, it's like, well, is he a relic of a past age? It's like, no, he's not. But, you know, it, it, it's sort of, it's an awkward situation. It is. It feels like he gets very forgotten about. It's a shame that he's making his own fun yeah. rather than being used to the best of his ability. Yeah. It seems like, you know, it's it seems like... It's like he's using his fun out of boredom rather than his fun out of fun. Yeah. yeah, it's the equivalent of it's the equivalent of spending five hundred five hundred odd pounds on a Dyson cordless Hoover yeah. just to get cobwebs out the corner of the bedroom. But I'm thankful for it in, in a way because you know th this was my introduction to Bobby Heenan as a kid. Yeah, because it, it it's not like I was around during Tuesday Night Titans era. It's not like I was able to kind of watch him on the reg. 
So for me, Bobby Heenan initially as a kid was WCW. And, yeah. and then eventually Mike Tanay and, you know, everything that goes with that. So I'm, I'm thankful for it this Christmas. <laughs> Bobby Heenan was my first uh, announced team, really, that I remember uh, with this, this trio. But yeah. There's many things to be thankful for this Christmas. Yeah. And the Cold Hollow Classic Night Review has been one of them. Thank you very much for supporting us through another year. That was your first full year. <clears throat> on the Coltonic Classic family. It was, yes. Tree. Have you had a lovely year? I have. It's been very um, beefy. It has been very beefy. It's been very tasty. Uh, I think should we should we open a Christmas more? present. Yeah, just Let's to... Let's do one more before we try. sign off. And, and I will let you know that... Um, Come on, shiny sting. You will hear more from Sam Driver and myself uh, as we do Crisis on Infinite Arseholes 5. Uh, which is coming to you over the festive period. You are going to oh love every God, minute of it. This is an absolute strike out, this set. Oh, mate, I've just opened my cards. I've got a Dutch Mantel doing an abdominal stretch. He's from Oil Trough, Texas. Dirty Dutch Mantel is the hairiest wrestler in the world. And one of the hairiest experiences any opponent can have in the ring. Usually seen with his lethal bullwhip called Shoe Baby. <laughs> His bullwhip yeah. had a name. You can expect the Dutchman to break every rule in the book, not to mention a few bones along the way. Uh, Who else Teddy Long, oh, Teddy Long's uh, fit is unreal. All of Teddy oh. Long's cards are just like, he looks so comfortable. He looks cool as, I have a Terry Taylor. When Terry Taylor enters the ring, Terry you can Taylor. barely hear yourself talk for all the cheers. Bollocks. Hey. He's the Red Rooster. You leave him alone. He's, Cock of the walk. He is truly a favourite among wrestling fans from coast to coast. As for his opponents, it's usually their first time for getting a tailor-made suit of pain. Christ, I think that was the last one they did before the weekend. Do you want to uh, end it with a Mr. Wall Street? Please do. This is how we're going to go out for the year. Thank you for All your right. support on the Cold Hot Classic Nitro Review. We'll see you in 2023 for more bollocks. Sam Driver has the final words of the podcast. Michael Wall Street, TM, has a lot to smile about these days. Besides having his opponent in his no-way-out stock market crash, his multi-million dollar inheritance has made him one of the richest men in wrestling. Say cheese! <laughs> He's at the sound driver on Twitter. I'm at Tom Campbell on Twitter. Together, I can't... Bray Wyatt's dad... <laughs> Although this week they, they just had a nice little chat to end the show, so very nice, very lovely to see you. And oh, uh, fantastic. Yeah, yeah, plenty of time. We've got all the time in the world to end the show this week. April Fool. Happy Christmas. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Are you a reality TV junkie? Do you ever think, dang, I wish I had someone to talk to about all the trash TV that I watch? Well, look no further, garbage lover, because Reality Gaze is a podcast for you. Hello, I'm Maddie. And I'm Poodle, and we're the Reality Gaze. We talk about all your favorite unscripted shows like The Golden Bachelor, Love is Blind, and TLC's big, messy behemoth, 90 Day Fiance. And if you're driving to work, folding laundry, or just pretending to listen to your husband talk about sports, just put on the pod, and you've instantly got two gay besties spilling all the tea and reading these people for filth. So come at us, y'all. Find Reality Gaze wherever you listen to podcasts. 
ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Cultaholic Wrestling News.